0: time on episode 289 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 7, Told Ya, Weekly Marvel News, and your feedback. I'm
1: Haley from Gallifrey Public Radio, a Doctor Who fandom podcast and part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com.
2: You have been granted clearance by Director Alfonso Mack McKenzie. Stand by for a SHIELD debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the SHIELD Director.
1: Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director S.P., and I'm Agent Lauren. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, June 30th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide and galactic-wide via www.geeks.live. Come on and join our live chat as we record. Lauren, happy National Meteor Watch Day.
0: Yay, that I will not get to participate in because there is too much light pollution here in Houston.
1: Uh, well, if there's a really big one, you'll see it.
0: I mean, yeah, I, well, no, probably not. We still have
1: a lot of light pollution. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, around this time of the year, I'm usually at the lake and there's a lot less light pollution up there. There is some from the lake itself, but there's not a big city nearby or at least, you know, within, I don't know, 80 miles or something like that. So I'm not there tonight. So I got to. Worry about myself in my own backyard. We'll see how that turns out.
0: There's actually, I found a really good website when I was looking. I don't know, I've got linked to it or I stumbled on it the other day. It's called like Dark Map or something. And it's a map of if you live in the United States, it's the continental United States. And it lets you see how much light pollution is in your area and where you would have to go to find the nearest area with less light pollution. And I would need to go a significant way away to see, say, the Milky Way, which sucks because when I was younger, I went camping a lot and we got to see the Milky Way a whole bunch of times because there was significantly less light pollution out where we used to go camping and I miss it and I miss seeing meteor showers and if you have that little light pollution around you, appreciate it.
1: Indeed. And I'm looking forward to whatever I can see. And if you're out in the country, I hope that you've had a great time seeing meteors this summer because there have been a few interesting showers already. So with that, let's continue. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of Michael Jordan, inventor of shoes. If you'd like to talk to us about the great innovator, Michael Jordan, you can catch our contact information on our website, legendsofshield.com.
0: You can call our voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871.
1: You'd like to talk to us about The Inventor of Shoes and leave a post for us on Facebook, you can do so at Legends of Shield Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. You'd like to talk to us on this video about the great Michael Jordan and his shoes. You can leave us a comment on YouTube at youtubecom geek.
0: You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill.
1: And you can come and join our Discord server and chat with us directly and you can do so via gunnegeek.com/discord.
0: And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the
1: GunnaGeek.com network. It is. Now, we are like two agents today. Michelle got caught during a mission, shows she will not be here today. She was planning on being here today. She did the show notes. You get writer's credit, but she is not here today. And then Agent Haley had already planned a day off. I mean, she's like on an extended mission. So we look forward to hearing from her when she gets back next week. And I won't be here next week, so we'll see how the ladies do recording without me next week. And just a side note, we are looking into when we are going to record our podcast on Spider-Man Far From Home. It's going to be a little bit difficult because with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ongoing, we'll keep on doing that in our main time slot. So we got to pick a time where all of us can get together. We'll get back to you next week on when that's going to be.
0: That is one reason you might want to hop into the Discord channel. To uh keep updated and find out what is going on.
1: <laughs> I never know what's going on. <laughs> Neither do I. And with that, we're just gonna jump on in to the main event, which is Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, season six, episode seven, told ya, aired on Friday, June 28, 2019. It was directed by Keith Potter who happens to have two directing credits, which go back to 2016. He directed an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode of Slingshot. That was a episode. He has directed this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he was also first assistant director of 64 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So welcome up to the big chair with the promotion. Keith Potter, you did a good job. Learn who wrote this episode? Who is his writer companion?
0: This episode was written by Mark Leitner and only has three writing credits starting in 2013 with one episode of Spartacus and two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot and two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This one and 2018's Inside Voices. But speaking of a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff, script coordinator. 44 episodes, production staff for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., script coordinator for 33 episodes of Spartacus, script coordinator. Do you remember that show, Viva Laughlin? No. Okay, well, I do because it used to be on sometimes really early in the morning on like the reruns would be on on TNT. I think it only lasted like one season. Anyway, he was script coordinator for six episodes of that. Uh, assistant to writer for 24 episodes of Huff, production secretary for nine episodes of Tell Me You Love Me. Yeah, not exactly a newbie to the industry, just, again, like the director, stepping up to the big boy plate.
1: And it wasn't a, a game-changing episode, but it was a good episode, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, what we're going to talk about is the title that they came up with was Told Ya. And for most of what I could understand, I watched this episode twice, once on Saturday on the treadmill, once on Sunday today on the treadmill. And the only thing I could think of of told you was Sarge at the end, just saying told you, but I'm not able to tie it in anywhere else. So, Lauren, can you tie it into anything else in the episode? Not really. That's about all I can think of either. Okay. I'm sure if Michelle was here, she would school us on more. And if Haley was here, she would say something quippy and funny, but not true. So if anybody has any other ideas of what told means for the episode, we will love to hear from you and we'll talk about it in the next episode. So now we're going to talk about the episode, which is a great episode because we got a cameo and I assume it's just a cameo. I don't know if we're going to see him again at all, but Mr. Kitson, the planet of Kitson, the grandson of the guy who settled Kitson, made it into the gambling planet. It was was played by Anthony Michael Hall, who happens to find himself a long way away from high school Saturday detention.
0: That made me so happy. I just every time I see Anthony Michael Hall in something, it just I I get happy. I used to watch the Dead Zone. Remember that TV show from? Was it like late nineties, early two thousands, that sort of area? Yeah,
1: it must have been in the dead time that I wasn't able to watch TV.
0: It must have been in like the mid to late nineties, but it's based on the Stephen King novel, and he played the main character, and he was really good in it. And um, an actress, Nicole De Boer from Star Trek, she was also on it. Okay. Again, he was fantastic on that, and here he is looking. Older because that was twenty years ago, and again, it's we're all a lot older than we were twenty years ago and thirty years ago. And
1: I was taking a look at him, going, "That's what I would look like on camera right now if I was in a TVC. I would have to play the old guy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be playing like the young hip agents or anything. I'd be like the doctor, like Doctor Benson or Kitson. I'd be that character. I was just, oh man." (sighs) Ah, <sighs> Anthony Weg. Now, I was on the treadmill Saturday and I was watching this and I did not have a chance to look at any pre-show anything. So I'm on the treadmill. I'm looking up and I've learned to look at the credits because uh, they will give you a tip on what's going on in the episode. And I saw the name Anthony Michael Hall was like, huh, what? So I backed it up. Because I was just making sure that he wasn't like directing or writing (laughs) or producing. No, he was acting. I was like, okay, I can't wait to see it. And I saw him as kids. I was like, okay, well, you know, that's a great cameo. So congratulations, Anthony Michael Hall, of making it to the quasi MCU. We really applaud that. And it's good to see you there.
0: It was. It's just, again, every time an actor that I like makes it to a thing that I like, a universe I like, I get really happy. And because Marvel is my second great love after Star Wars, yeah, I get really happy. I grew up on like The Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. And yeah, of course, I'm happy about this. And like I said, I watched The Dead Zone and everything. And he's a fantastic actor and he's charismatic and kind of creepy in this. And he's kind of perfect in the role.
1: He was, and he got bullied into doing something that he was going to do anyway. He was going to rig the game, and then he gets paid for everybody. I don't know. What do you think? Is this the last time we're going to see Kitson on the show? I'm thinking yes, but what do you think?
0: Uh, Yeah, probably, which is a shame because Kitson and Planet Kitson and Kitson City was kind of a lot of fun. It was again, like I think we mentioned when it first showed up, it was a bit of the Mos Eisley Cantina of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far. And I dig that.
1: What I did like in this episode is we got a better pan out of the landscape of Kitson. We saw cars moving around. We saw neon lights or I don't know if they're neon or whatever but signs that were lighting up. There was a little globe in the bottom left hand side that was lighting up and lighting out. So they did a better job of depicting the planet of Kitson as a real planet that we could go to. And it wasn't totally foreign to us. But I think they did a good job of depicting Kitson.
0: Yeah. Anytime you're not just stuck in a single room, it's going to feel more lived in.
1: They definitely feel lived in this time because guess what? Why we were there back at Kitson was and this answers the question that I was asking at the end of the last episode. Which is where do the trio go? We're talking about Fitzsimmons and Enoch. They teleported out of the well, the fleet that they were on, and yeah, the Chromicon fleet. It's up to debate on what to call it because it's staffed by Chromicons, but it was you know made by the Confederacy. So yeah, six and one and a half does the other anyway. So they teleport out, and I was like, are they going to make it all the way back to Earth? That's a long way. I don't know if the teleport can make it that way, or they're going to go by somewhere close. So it was a debate. We found out it was somewhere close. They went back to Kitson, and (laughs) then they had their transport ring taken from them. And a poor guy ended up back at the Chromacons. (laughs) Because that's the only thing. I don't think he actually programmed in another destination. He probably just went back to the Chromacon fleet, which, yeah, not going to be a good party for him.
0: No, I, again, I love, I'm so happy. So I watched the last episode and this episode back to back just before we started recording. And I love having Fitzsimmons together again. And I love that Simmons is like, oh, the last time I was here, it was a lot more vapor wavy. (laughs) Because she was high as balls.
1: She was pretty high. She even mentioned it, man, this place is a lot less fun without the vapor trails. And and Fitz, he's saying, yeah, this is trouble. This is terror. This is a no good planet. And she's just like, "Eh, you know, I had fun. Yeah, I had fun the last time I was here. But now it's just like,
0: eh." she's like, yeah, it was great until everyone started shooting. (laughs) And Fitz had a decidedly less great time. And of course, we have Enoch. You know, Fitz and Simmons are going to get their heads cut off. Enoch being sentenced to the brothels and Enoch's like, eh, yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know what kind of
1: emotion I should be displaying right now.
0: <laughs> I I love Enoch and I really hope this isn't the last time we see him.
1: Oh, it's, it can't be. It can't be at all because the Chromicon still want Fitz and Simmons to try to solve time travel so that they can rescue their planet or save their planet. So they're still on that path they will be coming back together, especially once all this energy is thrown out into the universe of what's going on back on earth. Cause if you didn't see the previews for next week. There's going to be a lot more of the Shrikes getting together and creating energy in the future.
0: I saw that. It looks terrifying. I can't wait.
1: Now I had thought that Fitz was going to be somehow involved in the creation of the monoliths. And that's, why they were being brought in. I think it's very interesting that this new character Azell, who I don't know anything about in the MCU. I did not have a chance to research Azell in the MCU. She is interested in the monoliths and she has singled out Fitz and Simmons to go get the monoliths. I don't think that's a mistake. I don't think she was just, I'm I'm looking for losers. No, she was looking specifically for those two.
0: So, as far as I know, Azel is not a character in the Marvel comics. But I was looking up on the source of her name because I had a theory and the theory seems to be panning out. Azel could be a Turkish name or it's also a Nawal name that means like only or like singular. Now, Nawal is the language of the Aztecs. And we've discussed previously that the big God thing that seems to be connected to the Shrike is a, um, I think I had mentioned um, Mayan origin.
1: Hmm. I don't remember that. You might have.
0: It was a long time ago. It was when it was first mentioned, like the first or second episode of the season. And so there's a Central American connection there. They're really doubling down on that.
1: Interesting.
0: So I think if not, if she's not connected to the monoliths, I think she is definitely connected to the Shrikes. So are the Shrikes connected to the monoliths?
1: Well, we went and hypothesized last time that since they're the same DNA structure, that they're connected somehow. And that's why I was thinking that Fitz was going to create the monoliths based on those DNAs. And then go back in the past. Interesting that you should bring up the Central American cultures because the pictures that we saw, the three monoliths, looked like they were in the side of, like, a cliffside, like you would see cave dwellings in in Central America for those cultures. So, that's interesting that it seems a strong connection to me, both pictorially, which, what Azel had, and with the names that you're talking about. So, yeah, okay. My theory of Fitz creating them is probably not right. And, Did you notice that Azel said time and space and Fitz didn't allow her to get out the third one? She was along the lines of saying what the third one would do (laughs) and she didn't get there. I'm so frustrated. I'm like, gosh, dang it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. producers, Jed, Marissa, you, you did that on purpose. You had to cut it off so we wouldn't know what that third monolith was doing.
0: (sighs) Yeah. And since all this seems to be connected to ley lines, I'm, now googling stuff about ley lines the thing is since it's a pseudoscience you can find just all sorts of different meanings and different locations and
1: well because of the preview that we had the commercial for next week i think it's in the middle of nowhere in central america would be a good location for him but because this is america maybe somewhere in the midwest or
0: oh yeah no they're absolutely going to film it in california and then say it's in like guatemala do
1: they film it in california or do they film it in vancouver i actually don't know
0: i don't know wherever they film it they're gonna say it's in the middle of i don't know peru or guatemala or somewhere right that's always how it works
1: if stargate can do it anybody can do it right
0: yep Stargate we've been re-watching it means my spouse and some friends and it's so funny there's that one specific forest with that one specific log that shows up everywhere so anytime I see any other show that's filmed in Canada I'm like hey look it's that forest and that fern and that log I don't know if they film it in like a state park or what. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know the one.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was watching the season premiere of Doctor Who again, because it was on the DVR, and I was just watching it and deleting it, and it was when Jodie Whittaker came on for her first full episode. Of course, The Regeneration was the previous episode. Yes. And there was a scene where one of the characters is going to retrieve his bicycle. It was a to be companion. And he threw the bicycle off this and I saw what looked like that space. I was scratching my head going, did they go all the way to Vancouver just to film that? And I was like, nah, they didn't because it's the BBC. They would film it somewhere on.
0: Yeah, they film it in like Wales.
1: Yeah. But it looked so familiar to me like that. I'm like, maybe. Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for that. That one scene where they've already scouted and. I don't know. Maybe there's a catering tent set up permanently nearby. I I have no idea. The last thing we're going to talk about on our space travels is Enoch. It was kind of surprising to me that he said goodbye and then Fitz just let him go. And Fitz didn't say, I, you know, go ahead and call me sometime if you get stuck and I'll come to you. But Enoch did give him the phone. You know, he did the Captain Marvel sort of thing of only (laughs) use it in emergencies. But this time it was a phone, it wasn't a pager.
0: Yeah, well, it's not the 90s anymore. I don't know. I I have such complicated feelings about Enoch and Fitz because Enoch, he's like a puppy. He's very pure. And Fitz is not always the best friend to him. But they're in extraordinary
1: circumstances, exactly.
0: though. Exactly. That's that's the thing. It's they're in extraordinary circumstances. And as a Chromicon, I feel like he's making a lot of decisions that Fitz doesn't understand. And that adds to Fitz's frustration.
1: He did take bold action, though.
0: He did take bold action, and he saved his friend. And that makes me very happy. And I don't know. I Every time I see them being friends, I'm so happy. Just let them be friends. Let good things happen sometimes.
1: We'll see when he comes back. I don't know if it'll be one episode, two episodes or whatever.
0: Next season. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a good dangling plot thread for next season.
1: Perhaps, but I think they're go- Well, I was going to say they need to resolve something at the end of this season, but they might be treating it like a half season. I, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, they might be treating this as like the Battlestar Galactica season four and 4.5 with six and seven, basically. So it could be the same storyline, just broken up into two. I don't know. We'll see. Talking about Earth, which is where they're headed, by the way, which just so happens to be, hey, you want to catch a ride? I'm going to Earth. Okay, great. This is unbelievable. Let's go ahead and do it. If something's too good to be true, it is. And they, they're not dumb. They have to be thinking of it, but they have no other choice either. So I'm not going to fault them for going no. all in on this because this is their one chance of getting back. So back on Earth, there's a lot of things happening. The biggest thing happening with Sarge's crew, aside from Sarge himself, was we discover that Jacko has been crossed at some point in time with a dragon, a (laughs) fire-breathing dragon.
0: Do you remember several episodes ago, they're in the truck, and he's breathing his home planet atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Sarge mentions it's been years since he breathed it. So wherever his home atmosphere is, it's different enough from ours that I don't know if it's like a Superman in yellow sun thing where our atmosphere causes him to breathe fire or just what.
1: Maybe he's just pre- predisposed to it because he's a baker by trade, right? That would yep. be a great, a great trait, a great skill to have to be a cook or a baker or something like that. I mean, you'd have to be careful not to sear anything. But you could heat up a rock oven or something like that with it.
0: I don't know. Now I'm picturing like Great British Bake Off with dragons, and <laughs> it's making me kind of happy.
1: Yeah, it's not not a bad thing, right? It'd be great. Make cupcakes, pastries.
0: Yeah, we find out we find out Jacko's sad, sad backstory. We get very sympathetic for him, but then yeah, he starts breathing fire and he takes out at least a couple of shield folk. I don't think he does. I, I thought he. No, I might be thinking of the strike thing later.
1: Yeah. Trevor, Agent Khan made it through unscathed, <laughs> which I was sure he was going to get hit a couple of times with fire. But I think all Jacko was trying to do was push him back so he could concentrate his fire, no pun intended, on the door to make the door melt or blast off or something like that. So I think that was Jacko's concentration while he had the fire. He wanted to use it to escape rather than to burn Khan up. But, I mean, I was surprised Khan did not have any burn marks on him at all. Of course, that would be a makeup nightmare to have to do for the rest of the season that he's around. I don't know if he's going to be around for a while. Agent Keller is gone, to much my dismay. And Khan is kind of his replacement on the show, so I don't know how much longer he's going to be there or not. And there was another agent, which I didn't get her name, but it was on the Zephyr One. And she looked like she could, she had a speaking role. So she could be around for a couple more episodes too.
0: Yeah, I didn't get her name either, but she lived. So hopefully we'll get to see her again and learn her name.
1: So let's talk about what happened. The Shrikes got together. So they went and they (sighs) caught two Shrikes and they brought them together. We're
0: going to save them.
1: And let's put them together. And oh no, nothing bad is going to happen. And then when something does try to happen, They tried to trank them to no avail whatsoever. I mean, if I was Yo-Yo at that point, this is the one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit. If I was Yo-Yo and the guy shot a couple of tranks into him and it didn't work, I would have picked up the gun because she's fast enough to do it. And I would have thrown as many tranks into the two of them as I could. And she did not do that. Yeah, she hasn't. I haven't seen her using her powers recently. She used them in this episode when she captured him. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, she's been using them about once, they didn't show her moving fast or anything. They just showed the guy standing up and then he was gagged and tagged on the bed afterwards. So that was her using her speed.
0: I think I went to get a snack.
1: Yeah. Well, she could have used that power to do more sedatives. It wouldn't have changed anything. I don't think. I don't think sedatives would have worked. But that was the one thing I'm like, she could have at least tried it and she didn't. And she could have used her speed to get the agent out of the way, too, because he was hit in the shoulder by one of the crystal shards that were coming out. Oof, yeah. He wasn't killed. It was a shoulder thing, so he needed to be taken out of the way and wasn't. Matter of fact, he wasn't secure, so when they opened up the back of the cargo hatch, he could have been blown away.
0: Yeah, didn't see him fly away, though, so.
1: Nope, nope, didn't. So he must have been secured somehow. But they found out that Two of them together get together, and they supercharge, and they will explode even bigger, and the containment pod was not going to contain them. But they found out that through Sarge, that freezing or cold stops them, and so they were able to do that.
0: Mac made a deal with Sarge after, again, they have this whole back and forth the whole episode. They're both playing mind games with each other, and finally, when this happens... And the whole, okay, we're going to take them alive and we're going to save them backfires. Sarge negotiates for the release of him and his people and his truck back. So Mac agrees because Yo-Yo is up there.
1: Yeah, Yo-Yo is actually in the room and he knows Yo-Yo is in danger. I think that is his weak spot. And that was the thing that he was worried about even Keller and Yo-Yo together, right?
0: Yeah, Mac absolutely emotionally compromised right there so sarge tells them hey cold you can freeze them and it works
1: what what gets me though is after that after everything was saved or whatever they're like okay what now daisy's what now and she's looking at mac and then mac looks at really mac would have known but i guess he was shaken about the whole yo-yo thing i don't know i'm a little conflicted on that mac is more decisive than he was in that instance
0: yeah, but plus Sarge is as we have now seen the expert on these strike things and yeah, Mac is absolutely second guessing himself because his plan failed.
1: If I was Mac, I would have said, "Okay, we're going to go into the conference room. We're going to we're going to discuss this right now and we're going to give you a plan in a few minutes." And, but he didn't do that. They just looked at Sarge and you're right, he's the expert, but his motive is not necessarily the motive that Shield's going to want to solve this whole thing.
0: No, but it's an emergency and they got to use what they
1: got. Yeah. And we know from next episode that May and Daisy are now riding in the truck. So that's their ground team. I'm pretty sure they're going to have an air team. And One thing I wanted to point out is Piper or Davis were not in this episode. Neither was Dr. Benson. I'm pretty sure that Piper and Davis took Dr. Benson on his little trip that he wanted to take to go look for the origins in a monolith. And this is the headcanon that I'm accepting, at least for the next week until we learn differently. Because I know that I think Davis has a daughter So maybe he needed to go and see his daughter a little short leave after he got back for so long. But this is kind of an important national emergency sort of thing. So maybe they just continued on their role for that. And I didn't see anything in the preview for next week about that aspect of it. So I don't know if we're going to wait another week or if that's going to come together next week. I don't know. What do you think?
0: I do want to see more Piper and Davis. I like them. So, yes, I accept your headcanon.
1: Okay. So, for right now, it's just SP's headcanon, but we'll see next week on what's going on. And the last thing that I want to talk about character-wise is Deke. Deke (laughs) comes back. He's out of the hospital. He's recovered, and he's sporting his Jordan shoes, which (laughs) I never had Jordans. Did you have Jordans? I did not. He's sporting the Jordan shoes, never worn or whatever. And I've heard, actually, that... they're just stored that the glue kind of comes apart on them. And so you might not want to wear them after so long. But anyway, he was wearing the shoes and styling and trying to impress Daisy. Daisy was not impressed whatsoever. And I'm just not sure she's going to be appreciative of the lemons that are coming her way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's trying, he's trying for all he's worth, but he's only been on this world for a year. And he's not quite getting a lot of things. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, he thinks that Michael Jordan was a shoe innovator. Seriously, has nobody shown this poor boy Space Jam?
1: Space Jam would have been a 101 for him right there. I mean, you don't even have to look into the NBA, just Space Jam.
0: Yes, just Space Jam. Come on. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) But Daisy spills the beans to him that his grandfather died they were going for a second copy of them and stuff like that. And and Deke's like, Oh cool. Multi-universe theory explained, but Oh my gosh, why didn't you guys tell me? And Mac, I have to give Mac a lot of credit here. He's like, yeah, you helped us out. And then you left.
0: Yeah. It's again, I can see where they're both coming from. On the one hand, Deke left. He's like, this is a lot. I want to have a life. I'm finally on a planet that has open spaces and real food, and I just want to experience life. And then on the other hand, Fitz and Simmons are the closest thing he has to family. They are family. Biologically and to his memory, they are family. But I can see why he was not told, and I can see why from all sides.
1: He is now back on the team. He's the Google-sized brain back on the planet that is trying to help things out. I think we're going to see him reunite. sad
0: little I would have gone just made me so...
1: uh, I think he's going to reunite with his grandparents next episodes. I'm just guessing that they'll make it the way back. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they'll have some bumps along the way. Let's go back a second to Sarge and Max interrogation or their discussion back and forth. I kind of really enjoyed the like the triple entendre of what Sarge was saying. Like, I have seen gods close up. You know, (laughs) he you know, he kinda has, you know?
0: I mean Sarge is talking about his own experiences, but you can obviously not help but think of Colson and Thor and the Avengers and just everything. It works on so many levels.
1: And then Mac just rolled right in and said, well yeah, they're just Guys with egos, and that was a quadruple entendre of ego. <laughs> so that was all fun. I, the writers in this one, which was Mark Lightner, he had a lot of fun with that. So, Mark, good job, good job, good job. This one more point that I wanted to make about CGI: we got our first Quinjet capture in a long time. They've been showing little spots of the Zephyr in the Earth's atmosphere. Since they got it back, but it was nice to see the Quinjet capture and just remind us of that's something that S.H.I.E.L.D. can do these days. I mean, we saw the containment pod. I'm thinking that they have others around. Maybe not. I don't know. But I'm thinking that they're going to definitely have to replace that one as of about a third of the cargo compartment of the Zephyr one after what happened. So Zephyr might be done, might be down for an episode. So is there anything else that you want to touch on about the episode, Lauren?
0: Uh, not that I can think of. I think we covered about all of it.
1: All right. If you listener have anything that you want to say about the episode, please let us know and we'll talk about it on our next episode. So in the meantime, I want to do something we haven't done in a while. And I want to promote something else that's on the network. If you like agents of shield odds are you will like what was the Skiffy channels, show called the expanse what is now amazon primes show the expanse it's just such a good show it's like the best show on television now with game of thrones out of the way and with walking dead on the down slide and everything else the expanse is definitely the number one show on tv or it should be and if you haven't checked it out go to prime and watch it it is available all the three seasons are available on prime i'm going to be doing a rewatch as soon as i catch up with man in the high Castle. But it's such a good show that we just had to have a podcast about it on the network. And we got the Crash Couch. So they came on the network a couple of weeks ago. They published episode 32, which was kind of a reboot for them. They brought on all their new cast members, all their co hosts. They talked about their experiences, as well as Lauren, have you had a chance to listen to this Kaz and Var panel that they recorded? No,
0: but I want to.
1: Yeah, Kaz, if you've had a chance to hear him at all, he's very entertaining. He plays the pilot on the ship that the Expanse is center around, and he's going to have one heck of a season coming up. And I won't spoil anything, but Kaz is just a great personality. And his show, he's like a Martian Texan is the best way to describe him.
0: Because apparently Mars was okay in the show. Mars was settled mostly by people from the Indian subcontinent and by like Texans.
1: Because, you know, you got to drill for oil on Mars.
0: So we have Cass Anvar, and he's, you know, of, I forget what precisely
1: his descent is. Oh, good question. I want to say Pakistani, but I don't want to insult him if he's not.
0: But then he speaks with, you know, this thick Texas drawl, and it's amazing.
1: He plays the part I mean it's he's one of the great characters he, he's like a side character from the first episode but he, he really is a main character you just gotta it's follow an
0: ensemble him. show it's it's so good it it's, is ah oh, god it's so good I want I need to listen to this cast like now yes so we do. need to hurry up and finish the episode so I can listen okay
1: so go catch the crash couch episode 32 and all the rest of their episodes available at the giddygeek.com network Lawrence, back, so we've got some news that we haven't had for the past few weeks, and we're going to start off with, uh, I can't believe this title here, on something that the lady, the girl that played Morgan Stark has had to endure.
0: Yes, this is, the first couple of things that I have aren't exactly pleasant. First off, yes, Lexi Rabe is being bullied online and in person. She's seven. and She and her family made a post on Instagram. They went on Good Morning America. She's being bullied online. When she's in public, there was an event that she described where, you know, sometimes we're rushing from place to place like everyone else to get to set on time or work or whatever. And we seem a little grumpy. If you ask for an autograph, we almost always say yes. If we happen to be having a bad day, that might put us right on the right. We are not perfect. and. Yeah, somebody, I guess, she described on Good Morning America that she was playing with her brother and someone went up to her mother and said, you need to teach your kid how to behave in public. And again, she's seven. I'm sure she's probably better behaved than I was at seven. I know I was a nightmare at seven. There's this whole thing with child actors being just harassed by people. I remember when The Walking Dead which you mentioned earlier the kid who played Carl when he was starting out like for season one and season two, there was a convention that I went to. I think it was here in Houston and he was a guest. And I was so worried that people were going to go up to him and harass him. And I think he was maybe like 12 or 11 at the time because of just the sheer amount of hate he had been getting.
1: Like these are kids. Yeah, let the kids be kids and this I'll, I'll say about her parents. I hope they got her a cheeseburger. Oh. I know.
0: Now I'm sad. Well, I mean it's it's kind of
1: cool. I mean, <laughs> she she's Tony Stark's kid. She got to do some scenes with him. I love you. What was it? 4000?
0: 3000.
1: Yeah. So she'll always be remembered for A lot of parts, I guess, in the end of the adventure. I'm really curious as to what the next phase is going to look like, because it's not going to look like anything that we've known to date. And it's 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 over time to move on to something else. I, I get it, but I'm still hanging on to the last 21 or so movies. All right. So let's move ahead to the next not so great story here on a Marvel comic in I got to say, I'm not surprised that is another negative news story about Marvel Comics.
0: So today, the day that we're recording, June 30th, marks the end of Pride Month. So yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which marked kind of the beginning of the gay rights movement in certainly the U.S. and in a lot of places worldwide. and. As kind of a statement towards the end of Pride Month, queer POC writer Cena Grace, who was the writer for the Iceman comic that came out a while ago, talked about the lack of support he received from Marvel while writing the comic. He made a post on his Tumblr. io9 has the highlights. He details how Marvel tightened his leash after positive press from the New York Times. The New York Times wrote, some articles about how, Hey, this is a good comic. And the press was just kind of squeezed. And he mentions how none of his straight colleagues had to ask permission to be on a podcast or to give interviews, nothing like that. He also mentions that my first editor asserted that Iceman would be DOA if it were too gay, while also telling me to prepare for a cancellation anyway. And says that instead of feeling like I worked with some of the most inspiring and brave people in comics, I was surrounded by cowards. The whole post, I think, is worth a read. And, you know, we've talked on this show before about how everything with gay representation in Marvel feels like it's half a step forward, two steps back. And this is just one more example of why. (laughs) Has Marvel
1: publicly responded to this?
0: Not that I've seen. This was just published, I think, yesterday.
1: Okay. I'd be interested to see Marvel's response to this.
0: Yeah. I'm not expecting much from them. It might be just a boilerplate. I'm sorry that the writer didn't like the experience of working with us. But I've heard from other freelance writers writing about their time at Marvel that Unless you're basically a superstar writer, don't really expect much from working with them. If you're trying to do something new with them, don't expect much.
1: We talked a little bit about the DC and Marvel comics on the last Starling Tribune episode that was published. And I am a lot less of a fan of both of those houses. I'm more of a fan of the independence and has a once i was getting like 25 titles a week or something outrageous like that i'm i'm down to maybe 5 if same. that the same
0: absolutely
1: same and i will get as many independents out of that 5 that come out every week so it's not all dc and marvel anymore it's onesie, 2z every month or every
0: week no these days these days i mostly support writers and artists that i like which again does mean that i buy more indie comics than anything
1: yeah so, I don't know, we'll have to talk to comics if we ever get it a, a week off, which there's so much backlog that I'm not sure <laughs> we'll be able to get back into comics much at all. And talking about backlog, you know, we talked about Adventures Endgame last week that was going to be re-released. There's a little bit more information about what is going to be included in that re-release.
0: Yeah, io9 put out a thing earlier this week about what we would get. First off, a new introduction. From director Anthony Russo, an unfinished deleted scene and a sneak peek of Spider-Man Far From Home. So, kind of not a lot.
1: Okay, they laid it out. I don't ever think we're going to get a director's cut out of this. Is It was a director's cut, in my opinion, the way it was put out there uh do they have enough footage to make it four hours maybe but i don't think anybody's going to want to buy that really
0: yeah they probably have enough footage the question is would it be you know effects even previs done for those effects and i doubt it
1: if i was going to re-release a bigger movie i would ask questions of the added material of is, is it going to explain things that we've had to answer questions on afterwards, like if the Russo brothers had to come out with a, OK, this is what happened when. So if you could contain those answers in the movie, make the movie a little bit longer to answer those questions, I think that would be worth it. But I don't know if they have that material.
0: Yeah, to me, the gold standard of extended cuts will always be the Lord of the Rings movies
1: because they put in more walking.
0: <laughs> well, they put in more story, I feel like. And yeah, some of that is walking. But that's always just going to be the gold standard because they actually put in, you know, music and effects and everything and it wasn't just like, okay, here's an unfinished scene. Here's something that doesn't really add much more to the story. There's basically subplots that were there that got added.
1: We'll see what Marvel ultimately does there. And then also Jeremy Renner plays Hawkeye. Actually, he was never called Hawkeye on screen, right?
0: You know, I think he might have been.
1: No, he was referred to as the Hawkeye by... The hawk is
0: in his nest.
1: Yes. In the first one. I don't think anybody ever called him Hawkeye. Anyway... Jeremy Renner revealed something that was not shown on screen.
0: So at Ace Comic Con in Seattle, which I believe was this past weekend, he, Chris Evans, and I think Anthony Mackie were in attendance. And while they were talking, they were talking about like, oh, here was my reaction to seeing the movie. And here was just all this stuff. Jeremy Renner revealed that Endgame once had a Thanos battle on Vormir. You know, the planet with the Soul Stone and everything. And he said, it was a reshoot we did about six months ago. The original was a lot more complicated with an attack by Thanos. This is just us. So what we got with Hawkeye and Black Widow fighting each other to be the one to sacrifice themselves. That was the pared down version, it sounds like. And I think it's probably fine that we didn't get Thanos attacking there. That seems like it would have been overstuffed.
1: And to maybe, me at least. maybe, but a lot of people have had a heartache with the fact that Black Widow did not make it to the final battle. And I think an attack by Thanos there and not just the two of them fighting each other, but the two of them also fighting Thanos would have, probably led to a lot more to that sacrifice i'm just saying for me and then it would answer a lot of questions and solved a lot of heartache for a lot of people on her loss at that point in time
0: maybe maybe not we'll never know now
1: yeah unless they throw it in and in a supercut or something like that but (laughs) we just described that probably won't happen so we'll see anyway that's it for the news. We definitely have some good feedback this week.
0: We do, as opposed to the news, which was all doom and gloom. We have a lot of good stuff, starting off with consultant Black Adam at Star underscore two, two, two. He sent us a retweet from Ginger Ken Wisher, which says magic wheelchair is amazing. They build costumes for kid in wheelchairs. This is one they made for my son. And the picture is adorable. It's a Quinjet for this kid. And it's, oh, it's so cute. It is so cute.
1: So the kid's in a wheelchair and the Quinjet is a fabric shell around the wheelchair. And it's just great the way it looks. I think it's a great costume. I've seen a lot of great wheelchair costumes and this one is definitely one of them. So, If you're out there, you have uh, a child or you know of a child that has a wheelchair. Or if
0: you're a person in a wheelchair. Yeah. If you're an adult in a wheelchair. Hey, costume idea.
1: Exactly. Uh, Quinjet here. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. So if you need ideas, go ahead and get in touch with us and we'll Yeah, you can be
0: disabled and cosplay and look amazing. Mm -hmm. Another one we have is from 084 on Twitter. That's... O-O-H, the lem- the number eight, I almost said the letter eight, four, F-O-U-R, who retweeted Louisa and said, uh, which is uh, Tony Strange, who says, this is how, oh my God, I can't, this is how Tony Stark enters the Stark Expo from now on. And it's a video. And I saw it, and I laughed, and then I felt bad, and then I laughed again.
1: <laughs> have you seen this video, SP? No, I have not.
0: Oh God. Okay. When we're done recording, watch it, and then you will feel as bad about laughing as I did. It's it's somebody dangling limply from a
1: harness. <laughs> I, I see the Just picture, kind of- <laughs> the dangling from the uh, the ceiling there. Yeah. I can't. Uh. <laughs> I can't.
0: Uh, I forgot about this. Oh, God. Okay. And the other one. The last one. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> the last one was sent to us by at Born to Eat Bacon. He responded to us in our last episode. Because remember, the last episode was directed by Lou Diamond Phillips. And then at Born to Eat Bacon said... Lou Diamond Phillips is so talented in so many ways. His part in Longmire was beyond amazing. So glad to see somebody of that caliber now directing it. says no, yeah. but I think he meant now directing.
0: Yeah. I will always remember him from La Bamba.
1: Yeah. He's been in so much young guns and stuff. And Stargate universe was the last sci-fi genre stuff that I remember him in, but he's a character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff and he's got a lot of talent and glad to see him behind the camera now. That's it for the feedback. So we're just going to go ahead, get this studio up to altitude. We're going to freeze this one out. Thanks to all our subscribers. Thanks to the new listeners that have caught on and are listening to us or watching us. As this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. progresses, we really appreciate you. Go ahead, and if you're new, drop us a line and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found the show, and we'll read your feedback on the next episode.
0: Thank you so much to everybody who talks to us on Twitter and says videos that have just broken me on the
1: air. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) You broke, Lauren, there. I I had to step in and keep it going at Borne Bacon. Way to go.
0: I think that was 08.4, but thank you. Thank you, everybody.
1: Oh yes, it was 08.4. So there you go. <laughs> I, I had to step in and read the next one from at Borne Bacon. Gotcha. All right. And the whole thing about next week, I won't be here. We'll see which ladies are able to be here and we'll see when I'm able to actually produce the show and get it out because I will be on vacation all of next week. So until next time I'm director SB.
0: And I'm agent Lauren.
1: We'll see you guys next time.
2: Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin MacLeod, found at Incompetech.com, and also artists on Pond5.com and AudioJungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
0: Yeah, I had to move my microphone over here because otherwise tons of feedback.
1: Oh. Did anything change?
0: Uh yeah, the cloud lifter.
1: Oh. So you're pumping more energy through there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Glad to see or hear, or both, that uh you got that working.
0: Yes. And it sounds really good.
1: Yeah, so far, Just so in good.
0: Time too, I have a uh New book that I'm working on.
1: I've gone down the rabbit hole of listening to some uh, audio dramas. There's some pretty good ones out there. Uh, Podcast audio dramas. And they're all, uh, I'll put casting calls out and stuff. I got into this uh, podcast discord called Podcast Junkies. And it's core. It's a lot of different audio dramas. Mm -hmm. And there's some pretty good winning ones in their goal in space phenomenon
0: yeah actually i was going to be writing for something with uh henry gailey but um i was having some serious writer's block so we'll see if i'm still working on that
1: yeah uh, that that does happen that's one of the things that sarah ray i'm trying to remember her last name does. girl in space it's one of the things that she talks about on her right now podcast yeah it's, the thing with
0: I don't know if it's just because I'm not used to script format or what, but yeah, I, I don't know. I can write just fine when I have a writing partner, but Mm. yeah. So I'm thinking of bringing in a friend if they're okay with it.
1: Okay. Well, good luck. Yeah. And from what I heard, it's a page a minute.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's what you want to aim for with the scripts. This time on episode 289 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six, episode seven. Told ya. We talk weekly Marvel news and we talk your feedback.
1: I didn't hit record, so can you start that again? Will do. Broadcast has been successfully terminated by a rigged guillotine. <laughs>
2: Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.